Welcome to the Book of Mormon podcast, where it's all about uncovering questions, thoughts, and discoveries in your own personal Book of Mormon study. I know it seems crazy, but for over four years, I've been writing out the Book of Mormon, word for word, sentence by sentence, paragraph by paragraph. It's amazing what we can learn when we slow down and give space for personal revelation and insights beyond our normal reading pace. I'm Susan Gardner, a convert, a cyclist, and a Zuma to 80 Amazing Grandkids. Come with me as we unveil new perspectives and understanding as I continue to write out the Book of Mormon. Hello, this is your host, Susan Gardner, and you're listening to Writing the Book of Mormon podcast, episode one. Before we get started, though, I'd like to share with you a thought I had on my bike ride this morning. I wanted to make sure that everybody understood clearly that any insights or thoughts that I've shared with you during this podcast has not come from my own brain. (laughs) I wanted to give full credit to our Father in Heaven and His Spirit that has led me to those insights and helps that I normally would never understood before, and because I have slowed down and given space for the Spirit to teach me, I give Him all the credit for anything that I have shared with you. With that said, let's get started. Today I'll be talking about the importance of asking questions as we read the Scriptures. As I was preparing this podcast, I did some research about the value of asking questions as you read. Evidently, that's a real thing, because I found an abundant amount of references on the subject. There are many articles on the church website and also lots of listings in more secular websites. Some of the titles were Ideas to Improve Your Personal Scripture Study, Ask Inspired Questions, Five Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Own Learning in Scripture Study. Other titles included Asking Questions as You Read, Building Reading Comprehension Through Questioning, Staying Engaged with What You're Reading by Asking Questions. All these sites and more touted great advantages and encouraged asking questions as you read. So, evidently I'm late to the party. Well, in this case, it looks like I was at the party. I really liked the party, but I didn't know this party was going on for so long. Now I do. I experienced all these advantages as I jotted down my questions writing out the Book of Mormon. There are all kinds of great questions to ask that will come into your mind as you read. But at this time, I'd like to share some of the most helpful questions I often ask myself as I read. The first question is, what does that look like? Now, if we get our scriptures out and turn to Alma chapter 32, we'll see that Alma is teaching the Zoramites about faith. First, in verse 21, he explains what having faith is. And he says, And now, as I said concerning faith, Faith is not to have a perfect knowledge of things. Therefore, if ye have faith, ye hope for things which are not seen, which are true. Next, he explains the process to follow to increase that faith. He uses a brilliant object lesson to teach how increasing our faith is like planting a seed. He shows how familiar similar steps can accomplish growing a fruit-bearing tree from a small seed and how just having a desire to believe can become perfect knowledge. Amma defined the steps to increase our faith as follows. First, having desire. Second, giving place. Third, nourishing. 
and fourth, having patience and giving this process time. Alma teaches if we follow these steps, our faith will witness growth and we will gain increased knowledge. I understand my faith can be increased. I really believe it can. However, I'm more of a show-me learner. I need to know how to bridge my belief into personal action. Or, in other words, how do I get from what I'm doing now to what I should be doing? What would that look like? For example, if I were to witness someone growing in faith, what would I see them doing? I found my answer to this question one day as I was reviewing what I wrote out in 1 Nephi chapter 5. At this point, I'd like to share with you how I found an answer to that very question. One day, I was reviewing what I wrote out in 1 Nephi chapter 5. In this chapter, Nephi and his brothers returned to their family after obtaining the brass plates from Laban. When I got to verse 8, and I wrote, and she spake, speaking of Sariah, saying, Now I know of a surety that the Lord hath commanded my husband to flee into the wilderness. Yea, I also know of a surety that the Lord hath protected my sons, and delivered them out of the hands of Laban, and given them power whereby they could accomplish the thing which the Lord hath commanded them. And after this manner of language did she speak. After writing this out, I remembered I stopped, and questions started coming to my mind. I realized, as I wrote out the words, Now, and, of a surety, it struck me. Now she knew? What was she feeling before? Of a surety, she wasn't sure before? I read that verse again, and I asked myself the same question. Why did she use the word now? Why, now I know of a surety. Why not, I knew? You know, like when you've known something inside, but you don't vocalize it, but then you see it, it happened right before your eyes, and you think, I knew it! I knew it! So why didn't Soraya say, when she saw the return of her family, I knew that the Lord had commanded my husband to flee into the wilderness. Yea, and I also knew that the Lord would protect my sons and deliver them out of the hands of Laban. I sat there and I thought. I asked myself another question. How could she have come this far and not known for sure? I flipped back through the pages and read, reminding myself of some of her experiences she had to this point. As I looked back and reviewed, I thought how difficult it must have been for her. She must have had many days and nights asking for comfort and direction through prayer. How else could she have gotten through months of walking in the wilderness? Did she even know where they were going? Unpacking, packing, unpacking again, feeding her family, setting up, cleaning up, and putting up with. So much difficulty, so much hard. Even with godly help, daily life must have been stressful. It was hard to imagine some of the emotions she must have experienced. Although Sariah's personal reactions to events that happened in the Book of Mormon are not all recorded, as I considered all that she endured, I had to confidently conclude she must have been a woman of great faith. Then it hit me. That's what it looks like. That's what she was doing. Sariah was increasing her faith. 
I realized all the time leading up to her proclamation. Now I know of a surety. Soraya had been going through the very process Alma taught. The process that will, what, increase faith. Having desire, giving place, nourishing, and having patience and giving this process time. I realized why she hadn't been sure. She didn't truly know yet. She hadn't been completely sure until the moment when she saw her sons. Up to that time, her faith was not perfect knowledge. Oh, the process of growing our faith. It isn't easy. We've all been there. We're not sure, just hoping upon hope that it'll work out. You know those times when it feels like all you can do is have faith? We'll feel there's nothing we can do but pray. Pray that the Lord will come through like He said He would. Even at that time, even at those times, sometimes we just get tired. Tired of holding on. Those days, you know, we've all had them. Just like our sister Soraya did, her faith had been tested to the breaking point. Sometimes, like her, we lose it. We let go. We let go of our faith and give in to our worries and doubts. What did it look like when Soraya gave in to her worries and doubts? Soraya called her husband a visionary man. She questioned leaving the land of her inheritance. While expressing concern for her son's long absence, she thought they were no more. In fact, she was convinced that she and her husband would perish as well. For many years, I wondered why this account of Soraya's struggle was placed here in the Book of Mormon. Why was giving in to her doubt displayed here for all to read? How embarrassing. Was it to teach her a lesson? Or rather, was it here to teach me a lesson? That was it. I discovered why. This story was here to answer my questions. What does it look like? To increase our faith. It showed me increasing our faith can be a rough road. Lots of doing the hard stuff. You know, what else I learned from Soraya? I discovered through Soraya's experience we can have faith even though we don't always have the answers. Because Mormon included this story, I realized even a faithful sister like Soraya could have a little hiccup in trusting God. And it was okay if on occasion I did too. I also learned if we lose our grip on our faith, slip and fall, we can recover. We can get a new grip and still continue to be faithful. Like Emma taught, increasing our faith requires giving place. Giving place to experiences that help us grow. Can I just add here, having patience with ourselves as we grow during those experiences is also an important part of that process. Another very important question to ask as we read the scriptures is, what does that look like today? We are given Soraya's example to show us what it looked like for her to exercise faith in her day. However, if we are to really grow our faith and learn to trust God better, we should ask ourselves this second question. It is, what would having that kind of faith look like in my life today? As I ask myself this question and learn from the answer I receive, it helps a concept in my mind 
become a reality to my soul. I like to share a personal experience of how my faith was increased by following Alma's steps helping to increase my faith. When my husband and I were newly married, I played for a small college basketball team. I played guard. In a short time, I went from joining the team as a walk-on to the first player called off the bench when a starter needed a break. In fact, towards the end of the season, I began to start the games. I practiced a lot, and I worked hard to get to where I was. I had a plan to continue to work hard. In fact, I would rise above being the sixth player and become one of the permanent starters. It was going to happen. I could see it. There was no stopping me. Practicing and traveling to games, keeping up with my classes, was hard work and tiring, but I loved playing on that team. It was a great time in my life. When I wasn't practicing, playing games, or in class, I worked part-time and my husband went to school full-time. It was a busy but wonderful time for us. I remember one day we decided to fast about a difficulty we were facing. I was working that day and seemed to be more aware of my fast. I was hungry and distracted, and to make things worse, instead of getting direction for what I was fasting about, I was feeling prompted that we should start a family soon? That was irritating. It didn't make sense. Let me tell you right up front, I did not like that idea. I had my plans, and starting a family right now did not fit that plan. So I kept dismissing those thoughts as they came throughout the day. When I arrived home after work, after not being together all day, we chatted as we fixed dinner. I remember it going down something like this. Hubby, honey, the strangest thing kept popping into my mind all day. Me, yeah, me too. Hey, how about those Padres? Hubby, he looks at me and he says, tell me what you are thinking. Me, uh, no, you tell me first. Hubby, reluctantly and with my insistence, he says, I have felt prompted all day that we should start a family soon. Me, dang it! So, when I ask the question, what faith looks like for me today, this is the experience that comes to mind. For me, it looks like quitting something you love even though you don't have all the answers because you know it's the right thing to do. It looks like explaining to your non-religious coach you're going to quit the team because you feel that's what God wants you to do. We don't know exactly the time lapse between Sariah's breakdown and the return of her sons from Jerusalem, but we do know, amid her concerns, doubts, and fighting to hold on to her faith, the scriptures tell us when she saw her boys, her joy was full and she was comforted. What a relief that must have been after all that struggle, hoping on hope, losing confidence, and finding faith again, to see all of them safe and unharmed, happy to be back, and in possession of the brass plates. Why did she exclaim, now I knew of a surety? Because now she had discovered a new way to trust God. Now she is a witness herself that God does indeed deliver. The vivid memory of my firstborn child being placed into my arms was a joy, and I was comforted and knew we had made the right choice. 
Having this experience made the dream of becoming a starting player on that basketball team fade quickly. There was no comparison. Was it hard? Yes. Uncomfortable? Definitely. Worth it? Absolutely. Like Soraya, my faith was increased. I learned for myself to trust God's love and direction for me. God does know best. Asking questions while we read the scriptures help us stay engaged and connected to what we need to learn. When we ask questions, we allow the Spirit to give us answers and have experiences that will increase our knowledge, encourage change, and gain greater faith. Like me, we all may be a little late to the party sometimes, but remember, it's not important to discover something first. It's more important to discover it for yourself. Slow pace, give space. If you like this episode, please subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend who also loves the Book of Mormon. And if you're on Facebook, be sure to like our page and join our community. You type in writing the Book of Mormon dash discussion group. This will keep you up to date and current with new topics and conversations surrounding our study. I do appreciate you, and I hope you have an amazing day.